Silent and cut your head off with a sword from Toledo. Perdida! The the whole thing is an experience, I guess. Yeah. That's the word I'll use. So just Franco experience, just like Jimi Hendrix. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, both pioneers of psychedelic styles. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. That's insightful. Thank you. I'm thinking a lot. Oh, yeah? And I don't care for it. <laughs> uh, well... Uh, welcome to the Raincoat Report. This is Boss here with Jeremy. It makes a man's brain hurt to think too much. That's true. I'll stop stirring my drink now since we're recording. It's probably um, at a satisfying level. Uh, yeah, that's good. Okay. Awesome. Well, welcome, uh, welcome to our show. Welcome to the final week of our show of Franco February specifically. Okay, we're gonna we're gonna have more weeks of the show itself. Yes, but it's the end of this experience. Yeah, and uh, thankfully we chose an interesting way to end up the experience. Uh, the film that we're talking about this week was one that I had not seen yet, and this is an era of his that I'm less familiar with. Uh, so this was a fun, interesting experience here. Yeah. Um. Uh. So yeah, we're. Doing our final week of Franco February, where we've been talking about the films of Jess Franco. The erotic films, specifically. None of the ones about Frankenstein. Uh, Not even the erotic rites of Frankenstein, which is, I guess, erotic. Sort of. I feel like it's not erotic enough for the Raincoat Report. There's a lot of uh, whipping. There is a lot of whipping. A man painted silver. There, there's like uh, the the whipping of those people in that like room full of knives or whatever. Oh yeah, that's a it's a good movie. Um, it's a great movie. It's a it's a delightful film that everybody should see. What about today's film? Today's film is uh, a, a delightful film that everybody should see. Yeah, if you're going insane. Yeah, it's um, it's a trip. So, uh, this week we're talking about uh, Marie Cookie and the Killer Tarantula in Eight Legs to Love You. Yes. Uh, which is the full title of the film. It's, it's pretty long. Yeah. It's a mouthful. Uh, this is a production from 1998. Yeah. Which I think the only film I'm familiar with from like post-80s Franco is Killer Barbies, which I think was... Was it before or after this? That's a couple years before this. Okay. It was uh, 1996. Okay. So let's take a second to kind of dial in exactly where in Jess's career this is. So, sure. Um, the latest that we've gone in his career on this show was uh, the mid-80s where he's gone into his hardcore era of uh, films with lowering and lowering productions. Um this lasted for a few years, uh, and he put out a handful of hardcore films uh, during this time frame. Um, afterwards, he did get an opportunity to make a comeback with uh, some 
larger budget uh, genre type movies. Um, I would say that these are still fairly low budget affairs, but in comparison to the very, very micro budget 80s films like Lulu's Talking Acid, he got to step up and he did some horror type stuff. But uh, quickly just started to run into some uh, obstacles along the way. He was able to direct a few movies in the late 80s from 87 or so through Mm -hmm. uh, 89 and got several movies finished. Uh, One of the last films as part of that was the film Fall of the Eagles, which is a World War II Nazi-era love story. Uh, But it's apparently played very straight and uh, includes uh, Christopher Lee and Mark Hamill in the cast. According to the write-up... Tough times for both of them. uh, Yeah. (laughs) Uh, According to the write-up in Flowers of Perversion, uh, this film is uh, not particularly exceptional. Uh, The fact that they play it super straight really uh, makes it difficult for this film to be fun in the way that a lot of Jess's films are. Yeah. But this was the kind of movie he was trying to make in that time frame. Um, Following this production, he went into production on another film called Downtown Heat, which appears to be a crime drama uh, set, you know, again in the late 80s. This one had a fairly troubled release, though. Apparently, Eurocine, who had released Fall of the Eagles, thought that they had the rights to the script to this. Yeah. And... Jess made this with another production company, and it led to a whole court case situation. He's up to his old tricks, but in a more litigious era. Right. Ultimately, uh, Jess won the court case, and this film eventually got released. But, you know, this was produced in early 90. This film actually didn't get any sort of screening until 1995. Okay. But after Downtown Heat, Jess was involved in these legal ramblings with uh, Eurocine, who had been in charge of producing a lot of his films. With them out of the picture, he had a lot of trouble getting more films made. So he released uh, Fall of the Eagles in 1989. Downtown Heat was produced mm-hmm. in 1990, but it right. didn't even get a release until 1994. Right. Also in this time frame, in 1993, he put together a film called Jungle of Fear, Mm -hmm. uh, which had been financed by another company, and it was completely shot, and there is an unfinished work print in circulation of the film that runs over two hours, and granted, a work print is not edited fully, so... Those are usually fairly long. Right, right. Uh, this could have easily ended up being like 90 minutes or so if it was done. But no. um, the problem was that there were some issues with the producer, and this ultimately did not get finished. So this once again led to a project that did not get released and just continued to kind of... Uh, operate outside of uh, the film industry that he had been so ingrained in, you know, just a couple decades earlier, making a dozen films a year. During this time frame is also when Jess was involved in trying to put together a version of Orson Welles' unfinished Don Quixote film, Mm -hmm. uh, which eventually came out to very poor response. 
Sure. Um, but it wasn't until 1996 that he got to make a large-scale film again, uh, and that would be the film Killer Barbies. Okay. So the uh, record label that had signed the band Killer Barbies uh, was expanding their portfolio more or less and wanted to make some films, so... Uh, they reached out to Jess Franco to make this film about that band, The Killer Barbies. I didn't realize they were a real band. Oh, yes. That's excellent. What a world. Yeah, this is this was a promotional tool for that band, but it, it apparently he, Jess kind of just slotted them into some script he had around. Sure, it, it kind of plays like uh, one of his old, like, older gothic movies, right. um, but... It's basically the Jess Franco version of uh, Kiss Meets the Phantom of the Park. Yeah, sort of, except with, like, uh, scary so, little people and... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, like an old dying woman who turns into a younger woman... Yeah. What a, by drinking blood or whatever. It's a, it's a fun movie. Yeah, it's been a while since I've seen it, so some of the details are foggy, but it's all coming back now. <laughs> it's, a, it's a great little film. Uh, around this time, Jess striked up a partnership with a U.S. production company, One Shot Productions. They financed a series of films with Jess through the late 90s and maybe into the early 2000s mm -hmm. of straight-to-video features that Jess made. Um, at least the first few were actually shot on 16mm film. Was this one one of those? Yes. Okay. And so this, along with a few of the others, were actually shot on 16-millimeter film. Mm -hmm. However, uh, they all seem to have a whole lot of video effects involved, which yeah. means that ultimately these films were finished in standard definition yeah. and therefore couldn't really have a high-definition release. That's a real bummer. Yeah, because I, I feel like this film in, in full 16-millimeter glory would be a delight. It's a 4K ultra-high-def release of uh murray cookie and the killer tarantula and eight legs to love you yes release so uh sever and get on it <laughs> yes yeah, see what you can do guys stop releasing box sets for like a couple weeks <laughs> get on this see what you can do uh yeah i've got two pre-ordered box sets i'm waiting for from them already oh, they just keep adding more and more yeah <laughs> But oh, I don't know. I'm yeah. just going to keep sending them money, I guess. I don't know. What is it? The the Andy Milligan one and the Christopher Lee one? Yeah. Okay. And that the Al Adamson one came out like last year. Yeah. Okay. All right. They've apparently got a Black Emanuel box set in production. That's going to be necessary viewing and yeah. talking about. Yeah, that will definitely end up on Raincoat Report. So <coughs> uh, rumors of that has been why I've not dug in back into the Black Emanuel movies. I want to wait for those beautiful releases. Sure. Make sure that I'm watching like the full uncut versions of these movies. Yeah. And, uh, you know. Extended horse jacking off scene. Uh, yes. In a Manuel in America? Yes. God bless Emanuel in America. Yes. <laughs> film that's not afraid to show what happens. Um, uh, uh, behind stable doors. Behind stable doors, that's right. 
Uh, so, yeah, this is the second release that Jess Franco uh, did with One Shot Productions. And it is crazy. Uh, generally speaking, it seems that during this time frame, One Shot was really behind Jess and just let him do whatever he wanted to do. That and, seems uh, obvious. Yeah, this <laughs> is definitely a case where Jess was doing whatever he wanted to do. It is a baffling film, which we will uh, go into. Um, anything you want to add, Jeremy, before we dig into the film itself? It's a star-studded romp for a Franco film. It is. We uh, That's a good point that we should bring up here. Yeah, we should talk. I think we should talk about that real quick. I mean, we are going to, I guess, do it anyway, but... Uh, yeah, this um, was let's something... Let's cut to the chase. Typically, we talk about the people in the movies, and uh, we haven't done that yet, so yeah. good call on your part. Thank you. <laughs> so, in this film, we uh, have, as is tradition in Jess Franco films, Lena Romay. Yes, who's aged up. She's about MILF age now. Uh, yeah, she's... She's approaching G-Milf age at this point. Oh, okay. Yeah, she did seem a bit older. I don't know how old she would have... So, she was like 20-ish in 73. Okay. So, she would be like 45. Okay, so well, she's... Not not that old, but... Right. She's, she's on the upper end of MILF age we're, sure. seeing, we're seeing now. Yeah. If, uh, yeah, but the standards of who becomes a MILF today... <laughs> then that determines the G-MILFs of tomorrow. That's true. Yeah. So, I mean, certainly she is of an age where she could be a G-MILF. Yes. Uh, I've seen people describe a MILF as just, like, if you become a mom, you become a MILF. And I don't really think that should apply to, like, 18-year-old moms. Yeah. I feel like there's a certain uh, level of maturity that a MILF has to have. Well, I think that what we're getting into here is the poor associations with the term MILF and yes. what it means, because I feel like there's a bit of a uh, an overlap in how that's perceived uh, with uh, cougars. Yes. Um, uh, but like, you know, a MILF implies a certain age group, but uh, it doesn't necessarily mean that one, like, the literal term is a uh, mom I'd like to fuck. Oh, yeah. So yes. it would imply that the person has to be a mother. Yes, they must be a and, mother. Uh, that, and really, it could be of any age. But realistically, what we're seeing is, uh, you know, probably uh, women in their mid to late 30s. Yeah. Who may or may not have children. I think they should have children. If they don't have children, then they're cougars. And that's how I, that's how I split the difference. They no but longer cougars, have... you wouldn't necessarily like to fuck. It's true. Who are other MILFs and cougars in this film? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, in addition to Lena Romay, uh, we have Linnea Quigley. Oh, uh, excellent. 80s Scream Queen. Yeah. Um, a... Star of such films as uh, Return of the Living Dead. Yes. Uh, the Slime Bowl something something sorority babes at the slime ball bowlerama there you go uh, um, uh lethal weapon lethal Mur murder weapon <laughs> murder weapon not yes. lethal weapon no. um uh hollywood chainsaw hookers yeah oh yeah uh you know some other stuff it's, uh linnea quigley. quigley's horror workout oh yeah yeah she's on that <laughs> uh, silent night deadly night although a small role there yeah 
you know, that's I think that's about all of her films. Was she in the was she in any of the critters? Uh I don't I feel like she should have been in at least one critter. I don't know. I, don't I haven't seen all is. of them. Yeah, who has? Uh I don't know. They go to college at one point. Or maybe the Ghoulies. The Ghoulies went to college. Where they met Linnea quickly. Possibly. Okay. <laughs> I'd I like those, to think so. I get the ghoulies and the critters and the munchies and the gremlins of the world mixed up. What about hobgoblins? No, they're pretty distinct. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so Linnea Quigley, she's great. Uh, her co-star from uh, Sorority Babes at the Slimeball Bowlerama and uh, Nightmare Sisters. We forgot oh, that fuck. one. That's the best one. Um but her co-star from those films, Michelle Bauer, is here. Yep. From also, uh, Cafe uh, Flesh. Yeah, Cafe Flesh. Pia Snow. Yes. Okay. That was uh, that was her name uh, doing adult films in the 80s. Yes. Yeah, so now she's comfortable enough. She's built up enough of a rep. She'll go by her own name. Yeah. Uh, we also have... Uh, Amber Newman? Amber Newman. Uh, I don't know much about her. She's kind of a babe, though, so... Yeah, I, like I think she. Uh, I think she might have done adult films. I think she did some adult films and some exploitation y kind of stuff. She probably ended up in like one of those one million heels BC. Oh yeah, type that type films. of stuff. Yeah. So we've got quite a, a group of people here. No particularly notable male characters. Uh, no. I mean, there's a few male characters, but no particular male actors. No, there's uh, that are worth mentioning above and beyond. Yeah, it's um, it's film about female empowerment ultimately, and the bonds between mothers and daughters, and the bonds between a killer tarantula. Oh yeah, and uh, her victims, and the complex web of corruption that comes from being in law enforcement <laughs> murray cookie and the killer tarantula in eight legs to love you and love you she shall she shall uh she shall she shall she shall she shall go to break she shall go to break and when we get back we will talk about marie cookie and the killer tarantula in eight legs to love you there you go Don't talk to strangers. Don't go in the woods alone. Don't answer the phone. Don't tell mom the babysitter's dead. Don't go breaking my heart, baby. Something, something. something. Don't panic. Yeah. Um, don't. Don't go in the basement. Don't go down below where the... I don't know any more don't movies. Oh, okay. Um, don't don't tell mom the babysitter's dead, too. Oh, yeah. The return of the living babysitter. <laughs> <laughs> With 
128 quickly. Uh, yes. I love it. Thank you. Um, direct to video. Oh, yeah. 1990 something. <laughs> well, after the first one came out, surely. 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 I don't um, know. Maybe there were some production problems and the second one actually came out before the first one. That sounds rough. I'm, <laughs> I feel like that's probably happened before. Probably. But in like um, Hong Kong or something. Yeah. Where they or just... Whenever they film like two films at once and then the first one, the second one comes out first. I don't know. If Jess Franco did a lot of sequels, that would have eventually happened for sure. Yeah. It would have been a real mixed up party over there. <laughs> or it's like uh, in Italy when they'll release something as like the third of a series where the third one hasn't come out yet. Oh, yeah, yeah. And then the third official one comes out at some point. Yeah. And they have to revise the whole system in Italy. Yeah. We're like, fine. Like, uh, Shocking Dark was Terminator 2 in yeah. Italy. And that ended very quickly for them when Terminator 2 came out like a year later. <laughs> <laughs> and called it, uh, Shocking Dark. I think, uh, I think, uh, Night Killer was Texas Chainsaw Massacre 3. I think that's right. Uh, what a film that is. Yeah. We always talk about Night Killer. Uh, and why wouldn't you? Uh, yes. If you like Troll 2, you'll love Night Killer. For sure. It's, yeah. a, it's a delightful romp for the whole family. Yes. And it's a Christmas film. Oh, yeah. Yeah, there's stuff that happens at Christmas, so it counts. Are you trying to see who's behind me? I think there's a there's a, maybe the mailman or something dropping. You expecting anything good? Uh, no. Okay. Nothing good. Just bad. Okay. Uh, are you going to get, like, subpoenaed? Uh, I hope not. Someone's I don't have gonna... any reason to think that I would be. Someone's going to serve you papers. They're going to serve me a blowjob. That would be... Why is that bad? I don't know. Because my girlfriend's going to be mad at me for getting a blowjob. Oh, yeah. Well, kind of friend gets mad forgetting if you get a blowjob that's a good point yeah you think about what a friend is yeah on a fundamental level when you're making your argument i think that if this happens then i'm just gonna scream that at her okay as we as we argue about it yeah i'm hoping you put your defense together you're you're the rudy giuliani of my defense team more like an alan dershowitz (laughs) type Yeah, is this? Are we putting this in the show? Ah, uh, probably. Okay, good. Well, let's talk about a movie if okay. it's gonna all be in the show. <laughs> all right. Well, let's talk about <laughs> Marie Cookie and the Killer Tarantula and Eight Legs to Love You. So the film opens, and we hear we just kind of see darkness and hear some moaning and yelling, uh, and then we kind of see some out of focus shots, like with. Like just a little bit of light in the middle of the screen. Yeah, like a little, like a little oval of light. Uh, and then we get kind of this backstory about a woman in like the, oh, I think it was like the 15th century or something. Yeah, sometime a long time ago. Who uh, was during uh, 
I think it was like a Norwegian invasion or something. The Spanish occupied the Netherlands. The Ah. Netherlands is what happened. Okay. I don't know if that's a real historical event or not. Uh, if we weren't failed so poor, so much by the public school systems, we might know the answer to that. I went to all Catholic schools. Oh, yeah. So we were failed by both the public and private uh, education systems. Yeah. They're not teaching you anything about the Netherlands. Yes. So a woman gets raped. <laughs> yes. And this shot is actually an, a POV shot through the vagina. Yeah. Uh, so, we get a narrator explaining uh, this backstory to us as we continue to see this weird shot. Um, the narrator says that uh, a man ejaculated his storm of semen into the lovely pink nest of the lady. Yeah, um, she calls him a black-haired demon as well. Oh, yes. Yes. Uh, he's a Spaniard. You know that because he calls her a beach and a puta. <laughs> So, uh, oh yeah, that was another (laughs) touch to this scene. So we see some blurry stuff that you can't really make out, and then uh, the narrator tells us that Maria, Mary Cookie, to her friends, lay upon the floor afterwards, uh, and a spider came across her on the floor and deposited its eggs into this nice nest. Uh, So a spider has laid its legs into the vagina. Uh, Two weeks later, the newborn was presented to its mother as some sort of weird spider person. Yes. Uh, Uh, At least that's what's implied. I think so. So, we get a title card here with the Mary Cookie and the Killer Tarantula in Eight Legs to Love You full title. Yes. The music in this was by Jess Franco and Daniel White. Uh, which is, you know, the uh, dream team of Jess Franco films, although uh, I guess their attempt to adopt the music (laughs) of the time here led to... uh, Some mixed results. Yes, some mixed results. I think there's some songs by someone else, and it says in the credits, but um, I think maybe like that first song it comes to, it's kind of like more of a pop song. Uh I think that might be a different band. Maybe it's the Killer Barbies. I don't know. Maybe. A few centuries later, uh, we come into the present, and we see a woman clip- climbing around on a rope web. Yeah, like in a um, Kate Bush music video. Yeah. <laughs> so this is a classic Jess Franco nightclub show situation. I was so pissed off when they cut to the audience, and I was like, it really is another nightclub. <laughs> <laughs> so this is... Mary Cookie as the tarantula in her nightclub performances. And she is doing her show uh, dressed in lingerie but no panties. Yes. And uh, everybody's watching. And a woman in the audience is smoking while watching. This is... Mavi Tienda. Right. And what's her character's name? Uh, Leona. Leona. She got, she's basically, like, she's got real short hair, so she's pretty distinctive looking. Yes. So, uh, she's kind of smoking in the audience and watching. Um, Marie Cookie, uh, again, played by Lena Romay, uh, is doing the nightclub show. She has a spider tattoo on a butt cheek. 
she approaches Leona, the smoking woman in the audience, and kind of pulls her into her dance. She kisses her and stuff as they continue this show. Then we cut to a car pulling up to a place with uh, Marie Cookie and Leona in the back. The driver comes out and opens the door for them, and Marie Cookie demands that he suck her foot. Yeah, calls him an idiot. Uh, yes. <laughs> uh, so they get out of the car and head into the place. Uh, Leona notes her house looks uh, impressive, and Murray Cookie notes that she's lived there for a long time, kind of in an ominous way. Oh. Uh, so we go inside the place, and we see a man trapped in a rope web as they walk in. Yeah, a lot of rope webs in the house. Um, Leona makes a comment about this, and Marie Cookie says he's not dangerous. He can't do anything. So uh, Marie Cookie undresses Leona, and they start to caress and kiss on the bed. So Leona's just fine with what's going on there with the tied-up man. (laughs) Yeah. She's not thinking about it too much. She's not thinking about it enough, that's for sure. (laughs) Yeah. This whole house looks like kind of like a discovery zone type play zone with all the like rope webs uh, everywhere yeah. <laughs> it looks like a place you would take your kids to let them climb and then throw up because they had too much cake <laughs> but also an evil sinister house <laughs> yeah both yeah. of those things it's both um and only one of them has a naked man laying in the web that's right uh, i will say that you know this film Definitely, despite it being very low budget in its own way, mm-hmm. it definitely feels bigger budget than something like Lulu's Talking Ass because we get our weird establishing shots at places. Yeah, there's a there's that nice like establishing shot when they go in the house that I guess Franco did through like kind of like a gate or mm-hmm. something like that, where it's kind of like oval shaped. Uh huh. It's pretty nice. I like that. That yeah. looked good. Uh, uh, but uh, yeah, like in the house there's a lot of cool like lighting effects going on and so just like even like kind of like a bare minimum of like set dressing and everything really because he knows what he's doing making a film right it's just like i think the attention to detail that's put in that kind of makes one look better than another right exactly yeah so leona says that she recognizes the guy who's tied up there and uh, Marie Cookie makes him sing <laughs> as they continue to make out and stuff. And Leona, despite recognizing this abducted man in uh, Marie Cookie's house, seems okay with it. They continue grinding and kissing. And at this point, uh, Marie Cookie turns into a tarantula. <laughs> uh, I wouldn't. I don't know if it's a tarantula. Well, a spider. Definitely a spider. Uh, I I just called it the tarantula because of the title of the film. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, it, it, it does look more kind of like a Black Widow type spider. Than... Yeah, with a digitally imposed human face. Right. That's the important part to note here yes. is uh, Lena Romay's face digitally superimposed on this tiny spider. Yeah, which is... Uh, this is the visual effect that uh, was n- done on video and... Yeah. <laughs> it's uh, quite something. I, I kind of love it. It's obviously a puppet. Like, you can see, like, the strings, like, when it descends. Oh, yeah, for sure. 
Marie Cookie as the spider jumps at Leona's neck and she screams and kind of freezes and we see Marie Cookie making eyes at her. And then we also see Marie Cookie as the spider crawling on a web. Now, are these separate characters or the same character? I don't know. I don't I, think it's important. I think she is a woman that can become a spider creature. I see. I believe that's it. She's kind of like a sort of a succubus. It kind of goes, since Franco kept pulling from like the same bag of ideas. Right. It does have similarities to Shining Sex and Vampiro's Lesbos, where there's kind of like this like, Sort of like seductress, femme fatale type. Right. And in this case, it's Lena Romay who can transform into a spider puppet. Right. Which is, uh, instead of like a vampire or a like butch, like alien from the fog dimension. Right. This one, uh, this is interesting because I thought that perhaps Tarantula and Marie Cookie were two different characters, like tarantula as a person and the spider as one character sure and marie cookie who has her boyfriend martin being a different character but from reading that book it does not appear that's the case it appears it's all the same character yeah which further baffles me yeah um yes thinking about it too much is tough so we cut to some exterior shots this is when we get to meet the other female characters uh, throughout the film. Mm -hmm. So we see Marie Cookie wake up, and uh, it's by... Who is it? It's like a landlady. Is it the midwife? I guess. No, no, the midwife is probably from that first scene. I don't know. Okay, so Marie Cookie's woken up by someone it's like a landlady or something i don't really know she's some kind of like grandmother type yeah and uh the woman notes that marie cookie keeps having terrible dreams and says that she's not getting fucked properly (laughs) we uh then cut from there to marie cookie in a chair by the pool and this is where we get introduced to Linnea Quigley's character, Ter, I think, or Ter- Terry? Tara? Terry? Let's say Terry. It's T-E-R-E. Let's say Terry. We'll go phonetic. Okay. Terry. She comes up and brags about her husband giving her jewelry to apologize about being with a Brazilian girl? Yes. Uh, she also invites Marie out to a drink, and uh, Marie eats a fly off of a tray of snacks. Yes. <laughs> Uh, that's when Sheriff Marga shows up, who is played by Michelle Bauer. Uh-huh. She is, of course, the law enforcement in town. Yeah, I think she might just be the sheriff of this like apartment complex. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever she does doesn't seem very official. Uh, she wears like this tiny vest and these tiny like utility panties. Yeah, <laughs> she doesn't. She doesn't wear pants. The no. sheriff has just no pants. Uh, she is, uh, she looks very official. Yeah. Uh, she's apparently on the job here and can't socialize too much. Terry leaves and Marga sits down and talks to Marie. She explains to her that people have been disappearing lately and asks Marie if she knows the identity of who's responsible. They found a photo with Marie with, with one of the victims. Okay. 
and that kind of set off their suspicions. Uh, it's noted here that Marga is the chief of police. Oh, she's, she's okay. <laughs> Maybe it's just the police for this apartment complex still. I think so, just like security. She asked Marie if she knows uh, who Tarantula is and says that she's a punk star. She also talks about Queen Vicious, who runs a club. Uh, but Marie says that she doesn't know any of them. Uh, but Marga doesn't seem to believe Marie. Marga keeps trying to be kind of soft and seductive with Marie, trying to pump more information out of her. Yeah. Uh, it's around this time that Amy shows up, who is Terry's daughter, mm-hmm. played by Amber Newman. Yes. Marie introduces Amy to Marga. Yeah. Uh, Amy says that she's going to leave to go get money from her mommy, who is Terry. Yes. Uh, Marga tells Marie to think hard and let her know, but not to trust her husband for some reason. Yeah, because he's weak. Because men are weak. Oh, yeah, that's right. Uh, I think, let me see. I wrote it down. Don't trust your husband. Men are weak and false. <laughs> um, we'll say Mary has like a knitting basket. Oh, yeah. With a... Uh, some work she's doing in it and uh i guess marga pulls it out and it's like it's like a spider web oh yeah yeah so uh some real foreshadowing yeah that that, that raises marga's suspicions for sure yeah (laughs) she's knitting spider webs yeah so despite the fact that she's like doesn't really uh respect her uniform she seems to be pretty good i guess at detective work uh, I suppose. Perhaps. Maybe she's kind of also just kind of jumping at anything. I will say that she's much better than the male police in Jess Franco movies, that's for sure. <laughs> Generally speaking, most of the ma- male characters in Jess Franco movies are useless. Yeah. Uh, but I wish we had nicer cops like Michelle Bauer. Yeah, I wish our cops were like her, for yeah. sure. They should all not wear pants. Yeah. I would trust them a lot better if they weren't wearing pants and hiding their legs from me. Yeah, if I could see their legs, <laughs> it would create a new era of trust. <laughs> you want to restore trust in the community? Stop wearing so many pants. Yeah, take them off. Take these pants off, damn it. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Let's see your legs. What do you have to hide? <laughs> So then we see Marga smoking a super thin cigarette at some club. Yeah, with a little lighter gun, which is fucking tight. Oh, yeah. Um, then we see a woman dancing at the club. Is this Queen Vicious? Yes, this is Queen Vicious okay. and her outfit made of belts. Uh, her outfit made of belts and her horsetail butt plug. Yes. Uh, which is delightful. Yes, it is fantastic. Um, some thigh-high fishnets. Uh, And she even has little belts for her wrists and her neck. Oh, yes. Yeah. Uh, An audience member is yelling out, calling her a whore. Yeah, waving a knife, I think. Uh, Eventually, he crosses a line and gets too close, and uh, she kicks him over. Yes. She helps herself to his wallet and tells him to get out of here before she just goes back to dancing. Yes. Uh, She then pulls out her butt plug and starts to wave the tail around. But she also puts it at least near, if not in her mouth. Oh, it's in her mouth, all right. And Marga keeps smoking as she watches this going on. She crawls up to, uh, Queen Vicious crawls up to where Marga is at the side of the stage and kisses her. 
and then turns around and tells her to kiss her ass. Uh, Marga tells her to answer her in squeals. <laughs> she asked if she's the one kidnapping, and uh, she says no. She asks if she's sure, and she says yes. Using her squeal communication, mind you. Yes, yeah. The I think it's one for yes, two for no. Yeah, the system they've set up. <laughs> she asks if she can trust her, and if she knows who did it, the answer is being yes and no. Yeah. Um, did you look at the people in the back just kind of looking on awkwardly as this goes on? Yeah. <laughs> There's, like, one, like, girl who wants to be, like, Winona Ryder, who seems especially, like, put out by... Uh, Michelle Bauer kissing uh, this lady's butthole. Right. She keeps kind of looking and then looking away. It's pretty good. <laughs> she asks Queen Vicious who may have done it, um, and she thinks that it's Tarantula. Then she starts to kiss on Marga. She notes that Tarantula is sadistic, uh, and it's at that point that Queen Vicious is basically going down on Marga now. Uh-huh. Uh, we don't see it happening, because uh-huh. this is not a hardcore film, but... It's implied. It's implied. Uh, Marga wants Queen Vicious to help her catch Tarantula, uh, but Queen Vicious notes that she's very expensive, and Marga says she'll give her whatever she wants. So they keep at it for a bit, and then we cut to Martin who is Mary Cookie's boyfriend or husband? One or the other? Yeah, her. I guess it's her husband, because Marga said... Oh yeah, don't trust your husband. Because he's false and weak. Right. Uh, so Martin is in bed reading, being all false and weak. Yeah. Uh, Mary Cookie gets out of the shower and says that tonight is chucka-chucka time. Uh, he says he thinks it might be tomorrow night. And he asked for her to turn off the lights. Yeah, turn off the light, dear. You know, it makes me feel ashamed. Right? (laughs) Marie says maybe next time they can do it with the light on. Uh, And she notices that he's not hard, and he suggests that she helps him. And so she starts to work it with her hands. Uh, He requests oral, but she's not into it. Saying something about his hair getting in her mouth. Yeah, he calls it Tristras Tristras. (laughs) <laughs> this scene is bizarre um it's like kind of like a weird mel brooks kind of sex scene skit <laughs> so she keeps going at it with her hand for a little bit and then she gets on top and rides him a bit yeah obviously through his pants uh, yes yeah i think her underwear is still on uh that might be yeah uh, they finish quickly, and then she asks if he minds if she goes to wash her little hole. <laughs> I think that it's worth pointing out here, I think we might have touched on it earlier, maybe not, but one of the issues with this movie is that Lena Romay and a few of the other characters mm-hmm. are people who don't natively speak English, who are speaking English through the film. Yeah. And their accents, along with the very poor audio design in this film, right. uh, where things are not v- microphone very well, uh, lead to a lot of the dialogue in this film just being impossible to figure out. Yeah, I had a lot of the same problems. There's not, like, um, subtitles or closed captions for it. Right. Um, yeah, this is a DVD okay. um, that was released a while back. but. Okay. Uh, yeah, it's not a very fully featured DVD right. release. 
Martin seems to fall fake asleep here. Uh-huh. And uh, Marie Cookie comes back in and dabs his dong with a hand towel. Yeah, clean up the <laughs> sperms. So then we cut to a car stopping as it hits a dog. <laughs> Marie Cookie gets out of the car and doesn't seem too upset about it. Um, she then is approaching the house that uh, we saw earlier where mm-hmm. uh, the webs were and everything. Right. Uh, Mary Cookie as the tarantula is keeping her victims. Yeah. Uh, so I guess like her thing is is that she's married by day and then at night becomes a tarantula. That seems to be what's happening. And she has this like triple life going on where Cause... she's the uh, the wife. Yeah. And she's also the dancer, yeah. the tarantula, and also the um, actual tarantula. The, the killer tarantula. The killer tarantula. Yeah, and she's immortal. Uh, yes, she's been alive for hundreds of years. Yes, a uh, very complex character that's not really explained at all. <laughs> right. Uh, well, I mean, that's what happens when spiders lay eggs in freshly raped holes. Yeah, I think so. That's, I think that's what Jess Franco's telling us anyway. That's. I don't a, know where the science lies in that. Yeah, this is his personal belief. I don't think he had it peer reviewed. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, well, I don't know what's going on. No, nobody does. So, so we see her go into the house, and Leona from earlier is hung up in a web, just as the other guys still there hung up in the web. Mm-hmm. We then see. Marie Cookie as the spider tarantula yes. taunting her captives. Uh, then she makes Leona drink from a skull and says something about letting her out to have some fun together today. Then we cut from there to our chief of police, Marga, who is talking to... Is this Queen Vicious again? Yeah. Yeah, okay. Yes. She's talking to Queen Vicious outside, like on a... On a waterfront or something somewhere. Yeah, because uh, I think the whole thing is supposed to be located at the docks. <laughs> gotcha. I think that was like a throwaway line like earlier in the film. Oh, yeah. What's happening at the docks or near the docks or whatever. Yeah. So uh, Queen Vicious says that she can tell Marga where the tarantula is, but only if she can do what she wants with her. And then uh, she seals the deal with Marga with a kiss. And Marga asks, like the mob? And she says, no, like the French. (laughs) She says, okay. And then they French kiss. Uh, Then we see Queen Vicious dancing again. Then we cut to a drawing of a skeleton with a guitar. Which is fucking rad. (laughs) And uh, then we get to, this is Queen Vicious's place? Uh Uh-huh. And another woman shows up. Is this Amy? That's Yeah, that's Amy. Okay. Okay, yeah, they don't do a good job of establishing how people know each other or anything. So right. I can kind of get... I got mixed up because I was like, I thought that was Amy. And then I was like, why is she here? You, you're not sure why she's there ever. So right. that's <laughs> important to know. In addition to that, she also has a Bob Marley poster. Oh, yeah. So she just has like the same posters is like any like teenage stoner right like a skeleton playing a, a guitar bob marley exactly so i think just before this they 
don't they like just kind of like replay like about two minutes of her like dancing again? Yeah, I, I noted that sh- that we see Queen Vicious dancing again, but I don't think same. I I explained yeah. that it was a long two minute cut. Of yeah, this. it's just the same footage from earlier, right? Amy talks to Queen Vicious and says something about how her boyfriend wants to fuck her from behind every night, and it hurts. And then Queen Vicious looks at her vagina and ass from behind to uh, look at her ass that I guess hurts from her boyfriend banging it all the time. Yeah, her asshole's all messed up and it's not talking anymore. (laughs) Uh, But at least to me, as somebody who's done all of this work for the Raincoat Report and has seen many vaginas and assholes, I would say that to me, visually speaking, it looked like a fine asshole. Yeah, externally it's fine. Internally, we don't quite know what's going yes, on. Yes, it might be ripped to shreds from the vigorous pounding and the yeah. fact that her boyfriend doesn't use lube, I'm guessing. Yeah, probably not. He's like, spit's good enough, eh? Yeah, he's Italian. <laughs> They're all Italian. Oh, boy. So then a guy shows up at the door. Hell, who is this? Hey, he doesn't have a name, I don't think. And the, I think you just kind of skip over it. Okay. Because it's mic'd really poorly. I don't know what he says. Okay, I have a lot of question marks in my notes here. That's so. fair. It's a line of question marks across the page. Yeah, Amy... Well, oh, this is Amy's boyfriend. Okay, that's who I kind of figured it was. But he's also kind of like an old man. So she gets some, I guess it's money from Queen Vicious and sits in her lap and caresses her tits and they kiss. Yeah, and there's a bunch of shots of the poster. Uh, but Queen Vicious notes that there'll be time for fun and games later and they need to follow her plan. Whatever that is, which I'd imagine if maybe I could hear more dialogue here, I'd have at least a better clue as to what it is. I don't but... think so, because the plan was just, as far as I can tell, the plan was discussed when Marga and queen vicious were together earlier oh okay for like that second scene of them together and then somehow they got amy in on the plot okay but, uh just didn't feel the need to go into any of that like the detail it's like um it's like in a sitcom when they're like oh i've got a great plan and they whisper and then you just kind of like oh, see like yeah. the result of things right but there's not even really that <laughs> there's just like i've got a plan and that's it so, just trust them. Just trust the plan. And trust in the plan we do. <laughs> so then we see uh, Marie as the tarantula dancing around again on a web. And then we see Amy in the audience smoking. And uh, she's watching and rubbing her breasts. And then her crotch is... Uh, she makes eyes with the tarantula and uh, masturbates. Yes. Marie Cookie, as the tarantula, reaches out, and uh, Amy gets up and kisses her through the web. Amy sucks on the tarantula's titty a bit through the web, and uh, they rub each other's crotches, I believe. Through the web. The music is tough to deal with at this point for me. It's a, um, it's like sitar-heavy techno. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I don't really know what genre this is supposed to be. Uh, So they both get up on the web together at this point, and the audience is watching and enjoying. 
Amy gets her breasts out and the tarantula seems to be working her clit as this is going on. Uh, it's at this point that Marga and Terry show up together. Uh, Marga makes a comment about how she thinks Terry would have liked to be up there on the web with uh, the tarantula, but Terry says she'd be ashamed. Pressed further, though, she finally admits maybe she'd like it, so that was a very uh, clear conversation that doesn't really mean anything in the film. Yeah. But the tarantula and Amy are still going at it on the web. You should note this is probably about like 20 minutes of, at least like, I don't know, like 15 minutes of film time. I feel like the seduction scene runs. Right. From the time like she hits the stage to the time it ends. It feels like an eternity. It's really long. Yeah. Uh, The music switched from this awful 90s electric music to something a little bit jazzier. Yeah. It's a little kind of lame, but it's tolerable at least. <laughs> so that's helpful. Yeah. Terry then realizes that it's her daughter in the web with the tarantula, and Marga makes a comment about how she doesn't have her mother's hangups. Yeah. Terry notes that she's only a child. <laughs> Marga seems to calm her down by holding her a bit. <laughs> so. The yeah. tarantula um, is... I would say the only realistic thing in this film is a cop justifying sexual abuse. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. <Yeah>. So, uh, <laughs> so the tarantula is uh, grinding against Amy's butt on the web. So we see a car pull up taking the tarantula and Amy away. But Queen Vicious is driving a car behind it. She's apparently bugged uh, Amy. Yeah. So, the, so this was the plan. Apparently. Okay, now this makes more the, sense. It's part of the plan. I'm discovering what happens in this film now. Okay. A little bit. Just as a little much as, bit at a time. As much as can be made of this inscrutable film. Yeah. So yeah, Queen Vicious is following them, listening to them through Amy's bugged whatever. Yeah, and her weird CIA van. Right. Yeah, it's just full of equipment. Uh, I still don't understand the plan, but I'm waiting for you to bring it all together. <laughs> so Amy and the tarantula are making out in the back seat of the car that they're in. Uh, the driver is kind of rushing them saying that he needs to go home because his wife is expecting uh and the tarantula makes a note asking if he's ever heard of condoms uh the driver asks if she wants him to suck her feet uh she has him suck amy's foot instead yeah uh this whole scene seems to be shot through a dirty lens everything's just super blurry (laughs) unlike like way more so than the rest of the film right you think this guy liked sucking feet? The uh, guy playing the limo driver? I sure hope he did. Yeah, if so, he probably loved his job. <laughs> Amy and the tarantula start to approach uh, the tarantula's lair, the house. Yes. Amy keeps pausing, and the tarantula asks if she's waiting for somebody, but she says no. They finally walk into the tarantula's lair and start making out. Uh, we've got the other two uh, people hanging up, uh, L- Leona, Leona and, and the, the guy. Yeah. yeah, I don't know his name. 
You can almost see his dick a bunch, but you never get to quite see all of it. Yeah, they... they it teased uh... me. <laughs> teased me with Shaft. Don't tease me with Shaft if you're not going to deliver. Yeah, if you're not going to... You're not going to stroke the head, don't tease the shaft. Exactly. (laughs) They fall into bed kissing, and uh, then the tarantula walks away from the bed. Then we see her as the spider asking the guy to sing for her, or she'll cut his thing off. Yeah, because the spider has scissors. Yes. (laughs) He starts singing, and the spider crawls away. She's singing with the captives now. Uh, and uh, Amy's still in bed, and she takes off her panties while she's waiting. The tarantula comes back with wine. Amy notes that she likes it and says it tastes like sex. Uh, The tarantula says she makes it herself, got the formula from a monk in the 17th century. Yeah. Then we see her, the tarantula in spider form, crawl on Amy's bottomless body. Yes. Uh, And I think... That perhaps the spider is going down on her in this scene. Perhaps so. Um, it's all filmed in spider vision, which we haven't discussed <laughs> yet, but... Oh, yeah. There's a lot of uh, kaleidoscopic shots here. Yeah, they all look pretty cool, though, so I really... I like them. They're uh, definitely fan. interesting. I'm a fan. There's so many little spiders and little Amy's. <laughs> Then we see her in woman form making out more with uh, Amy... Uh, and then she shows her like a, a vibrator or something. It's it's like attached to her face. Yeah, it's, it's weird. like a mandible or I don't know yeah, what the it, hell it's supposed to be. It reminds me of like a headset microphone. Yeah, like the way that it comes from like the side of her head up up front. Yeah, but it's like a vibrator or something, and it's like a like you said, kind of like a mandible. Something interesting that she has. It's an interesting idea that didn't get explored enough to become clear. Yes. So then we see Terry and Marga show up outside the house. Terry is concerned, but Marga says everything's under control. Then we see Martin there with Terry and Marga. Uh, He identifies the tarantula as his wife. By yelling, Jesus Christ, my wife. Yeah. (laughs) Um, I think upon seeing her as like a spider person. Uh, or something like that. She has her little thing hanging out of her head. Yeah. <laughs> there is a confrontation now where Amy calls out for her mommy. And the tarantula says that she doesn't want to hurt her. But they're having this like standoff. And Marie starts to confess that Martin only wants to fuck with the lights off. Amy then notes that Martin fucked her in the ass at least a hundred times, so her boyfriend is Martin. That's the thing. Oh. Okay. (laughs) There we go. We've pieced it together a little bit better. So happy. (laughs) So, uh, Amy reunites with her mom, and then Martin makes a comment about watching Marie through the peephole instead of, like, him fucking her because he hasn't been fucking her. Yeah. As uh, the landlady noted at the beginning of the film. Yes. Mary's captives at this point are singing together. (laughs) Yes, they are. And uh, Terry makes a comment about how all of this has turned her on. Yeah. (laughs) 
And then so Marie goes around the room commenting about the other women and then invites the women into the sisterhood of the tarantula. Yes. Um, uh, which the women are into. Yeah. And they also like all, do they, they all turned on him for like spying on his wife, even though she's technically like the villain of the film. Right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the movie gets very confusing in this. I mean, it's been a, something all along, but. Whatever was happening before is stopped. <laughs> yeah, the Sisterhood of the Tarantula. Let's join. Uh, yeah, we should join the Sisterhood of the Tarantula. They probably won't have us. Uh, so then Martin starts to sing with the other captives as the spider women all decide to make love together. Yes. Uh, we get some cutaways to some like landscapes and then cut to Marie making out with uh, Queen Vicious in bed with a lot of tongue sucking. Marie goes down on her and then Amy, Marga, and Terry seem to be watching from behind a web. Uh, they're turned on, sort of lightly touching themselves. There's a mirror with a web over it next to the bed so we can see Marie's ass bouncing up and down slowly as she's going down on Queen. Queen Vicious is in doggy position, and Marie is rubbing her ass. Uh, at first, it almost looked like she was fisting her, but then I saw her fingers, and she was just kind of rubbing the area around it. Yeah, I don't think we were going to get any fisting in this, unfortunately. <laughs> uh, Marie starts to rub her toy attached to her head and neck against uh, what appears to be Queen's asshole, though we don't see the hole explicitly. Amy, Marga, and Terry, who have been watching all of this, are caressing all over each other. This, of course, being a trio that includes a mother and daughter, who are now uh, sexually uh, caressing one another. Uh, there's yes. some zooming yes. in on the footage going on that appears to be a post-process effect, so the video just starts to look really grainy and nasty. Uh -huh. At that point, Queen Vicious asks Marie to stop and collapses on the bed. And then Marie cackles and then uh, slaps Qu Queen Vicious's ass repeatedly. And then she looked into the camera and said something that I replayed like four times and couldn't understand what it was. Uh -huh. uh, in the uh, article in the Stephen Thrower Flowers of Perversion book, the person uh, who wrote the article, which, which actually was not Thrower, it was uh, Julian Granger who wrote this particular article. Sure. Uh, he says, And of course, Lena survives to bite another day, granted the film's last line, which, on 18 or 19 listenings, turns out to be a mangled, The world will hear from me very soon. <laughs> oh. Uh, then she laughs, and we get a freeze frame on her face, and uh, it's kind of in a kaleidoscope shot again. Sure. And uh, then we get our credits. Yeah. And that was Marie Cookie and the Killer Tarantula in Eight Legs to Love You. Beautiful. Um, one of the songs in the film written by Franco is called It's a Shit Life. <laughs> which is pretty <laughs> good. Yeah. Uh, I don't know which one that was in particular, obviously. But right. A solid track name. Excellent uh, titling. Yes. Uh, I love it. All right, we're going to take another break here, and then we'll be back to give our final thoughts on Marie Cookie and the Killer Tarantula in Eight Legs to Love You. 
I don't do a whole lot of running either. I don't have much to run from. Or to. <laughs> you just don't have much in general. Yeah. So <laughs> I just like to keep a nice even pace. That's fair. Yeah, I like to walk. And stroll. Down the promenade. Well, on that note, why don't you take us on a stroll through the promenade of your feelings about... The film that we talked about today, Marie Cookie and the Killer Tarantula in Eight Legs to Love You. Okay. Let's talk about that movie with that title. Okay. What a baffling film. <laughs> uh, do they go much into the genesis of the idea of it in uh, that Stephen Thower book? No, not no? really. That's unfortunate because I'm curious as to like how this kind of came into his brain and tumbled out yeah i'm not sure it definitely just seems like a, a an example of a different type of completely unchained jess franco yeah it's very different from shining sex it's uh, right that one was more like jess franco weird this one's just like weird <laughs> it's just a bizarre film starring uh two aging scream queens for some reason right that's a, um, I think I loved it. Yeah. I was completely taken by its, uh, feverish tone and total lack of logic. Right. Um, in a way that some of the other similar Franco films we've watched, uh, over this past month, uh, enjoyed, but not quite to this level. Okay. Um, <clears throat> It's nice to see uh, all these people together, working together. It feels uh, feels good. Yeah, it's nice to see Lena and Linnea and Michelle all getting together for a fun pantsless romp <laughs> uh, through the fever dream of Jess Franco's imagination. Right. Uh, I think for a film with as kind of small of a budget as it seems to have had, I think they did a pretty pretty well making it look like um, like a decent film, like we kind of discussed earlier in the show. Right. Um, so I won't belabor that point too much, but uh, you can almost see there's a little Mario Bava in the tarantula's lair. Yeah, you can a see that bit of like some of those fun lights and kind of dark shadows and stuff with the webs and everything. Right. I love the digital effect of superimposing her face onto a puppet spider. Right. I like that the whole thing wasn't like just like an effect, but just like the one bit of it. The rest of it's like, yeah, here's a puppet. <laughs> um, Plot-wise, hard to follow. Uh, yes. Almost unnecessary. <laughs> <laughs> as far as I can say, I think trying to piece together what the 
overall plot was was um, uh, we've got a seductress who is killing people and the cops need to solve the case. Right. Um, but then you take that and just kind of keep spinning out of control until <laughs> so there's a bunch of people singing and a spider uh, going down on a woman. Right. Which is great and fine and good. <laughs> but yeah, a little hard to follow. Not that it matters too much when everything that happened, everything else that happens is kind of interesting enough to sort of carry it along. Sure. Uh, not really rewarding if you're trying to figure out what the plan was <laughs> in any sense when they just kind of all show up at the end and completely abandon that plan to, I guess, bring her to justice. Right. And they all decided they're just going to join her cult. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, you know, it's got some, it's got it's girl power. Yeah, you know? I guess. It was a post Spice Girls world this film came into <laughs> so you know sisters are doing it for themselves oh yeah yeah um and for all these reasons and more i give marie cookie and the killer tarantula and eight legs to love you four all right all right yeah check it out uh, a fitting end to franco february all right so my opinions on this are kind of all over the place sure i understand this this film has a lot going for it you know a woman who changes into a spider using a 90s video effect is always going to uh be endearing to me lena romay while granted she is at this point uh aging a bit she still uh you know she looks attractive for her age uh, and her, alongside the other women in the film, definitely bring uh, a bit of eroticism to the proceedings. There is a real dreamlike quality to the whole film mm-hmm. that makes it a lot of fun to watch. Uh, we get to see kind of the experimental visual style of Jess Franco through the lens of 90s video production, which... Yeah. Has its ups and downs, but at least it's uh, it's definitely a variation and interesting to see. I think that the acting in this film is all over the place, and perhaps that's another charming part of it. Yeah. Uh, the one thing that really bothers me about the film yes, is yes. the sound. Okay, yeah. Uh, I could, yeah. Between the heavy accents of a few characters... And the very poor job done miking everything, it makes what is already a kind of complicated, or if not complicated, at least illogical plot, yeah. it makes following that harder than it needs to be, which is definitely a strike against it. I would also say that uh, while some of the music isn't bad in this film, overall it's a very underwhelming Jess Franco soundtrack. No. Yes. You didn't like when the sitar techno, like, bursted into, like, vocals for a while? Not particularly. Even, it sounds like you were saying body of a rabbi. (laughs) That's what I wrote after hearing it about 50 times. (laughs) I was like, I don't know, the song, I don't know, sample it, put it on the, make them hear it. Uh, I'll, I'll find it. All right, you find it. 
Um, but the whole package as a whole is something that I'm very glad to have seen. Um, I think that it definitely strikes a different tone from his 70s work, and there Mm -hmm. are some things that I kind of dislike about it. But at the end of the day, it's such a wild fever dream and something that I'm happy to have experienced through the lens of Franco February, uh, getting to really dive into it and take it apart and analyze it uh, as a team. Uh, It's great stuff. Um, But at the end of the day, it's also definitely not my favorite Franco. Overall, I'm going to give it three and a half stars. All right. All right. So that puts a cap on the end of Franco February. It's been a wild ride. The uh, month of love. Oh, yeah. uh, Through the lens of Jess Franco. We've uh, learned a lot about ourselves and about the world and about eroticism and uh, uneroticism, if that's a word. It's not. No. We learned a lot about Jess Franco. We learned a lot about Jess Franco. We learned a lot about friendship. Yes. And... Spiders and smoking assholes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It does smoke. It smokes <laughs> a bunch. <laughs> yeah, we learned a lot. Um, it's an experience that I'll never forget and will always remember. Indeed we will. Indeed we will. All right, so as always, rate, review, and subscribe to us on iTunes or whatever podcast platform you're on. Follow us on social media at Raincoat Report. Email us at raincoatreport at gmail.com. Remember, we're looking for your random uh, homemade pornography finds. Yep, we're always taking film suggestions too. So if you got a weird one you'd like to see us cover, you know, let me know. Uh, yeah. Your uh, your feedback helps us choose yeah. things. Uh, sometimes we just pick random shit, but uh, we we take suggestions and we've followed through on them a few times. Yeah, so I like to know what the people out there are thinking. You want to have your finger on the pulse. Yeah, I sure do. <laughs> <laughs> so this is the end of Franco February. We're going to be back next week with a. We're going to be back next week in America. Yeah. With an American production. We're coming to America. We're coming to America like Eddie Murphy. Yeah. And uh, it's going to be delightful. Yes, it is. With all of that being said, thank you guys for listening to the show, helping us spread the word, telling people about the podcast. And uh, when you're out there crawling around in the spider webs and such, uh, after you've been seduced by the tarantula, uh, don't forget your raincoat. Oh, yeah. You don't want to do that. Yeah. The world will hear from me. Very soon, very soon. <laughs>